0: Slow Mo is a modern beauty and wellness podcast with the mission to empower listeners to be curious, confident, carefree, and connected to the beauty and wellness industry. Through interviews with real industry professionals, Slow Mo breaks down industry trends, treatments, and products so our listeners can make informed decisions on the next step in their journey. Hello and welcome back to slow-mo modern beauty and wellness with urban you this quarter we focused on carefree this all summer long we focused on how to be your personal best and and live a carefree life. this recording I'm really excited about because I know her as a friend. Um, She's also a guest of our locations. Uh, Her name is Tracy Brogan. She is a best-selling American author of historical romance, contemporary women's fiction, and most known for her Bell Harbor series. Um, She's the number one Amazon List uh, in contemporary romance, which if you Google her, you'll find her very easily, lots of accolades um, for one of her books, which is called Crazy Little Things. Look her up. Uh, she's also been USA Today, Wall Street Journal, best selling author. She's received finalists three times for the Rita, which is the Romance Writers of America. Uh, she's best uh, for Best First Book and other contemporary romance um, areas of the Rita. So really exciting. She's also gotten um, a Golden Quill Award and she has a Bookseller's Best Award. So we are so happy to have Tracy here on our show. Welcome, Tracy. Thanks so much for being here. We're super excited that you're able to join our podcast called Slow Mo with Urban You. Um, as you know, Slow Mo is about just kind of sitting back, relaxing, trying to understand um, ourselves a little bit more, breaking down the beauty and wellness industry. Um, specifically, this quarter, we're talking about carefree. And um, I love hearing your story, but you know, you and I met, gosh, I think we met was it about a year, year and a half ago? I think and, it was. Yeah, you, you were at one of our locations for Urban U, and said, "Hey, we have a common link," and it was our daughters.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And um, I was very happy to kind of you know sit down and talk to you, which they both graduated this year in the year of COVID, right? Yes. Um, and uh, we had a lovely conversation. We had a couple of conversations. One was about our children, um, and then the other was. Uh, oh, and I have to laugh. We sat in our corporate office for Urban U, which we call a corporate office, but it was like literally a storage room. So I love that <laughs> piles of things everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. And yeah, you and I were talking to our children and just, which is so funny because at that point we are so aspirational about their grad parties. They're like, okay. And you're running, you were running the all senior all night. Right. Right. And so yes. we had all these aspirations of like, Oh, it's going to be such a great year for these girls. <laughs> and then, yeah. uh, COVID, you know, like wrong, wrong, yeah,
1: but changed.
0: I know. And then, so then I remember you saying, Hey, you know, I'm an author and, um, you know, and I was just totally transparent. I remember sa- thinking, everyone says they're an author. What kind of author is she? Right. <laughs> <Earth> <laughs>
1: says They want to write a book
0: someday. Yes, I know. I, I I'm still working on it. But, uh, <laughs> after we met, you brought in, I think several of your books and I was hooked on, um, they're kind of the romantic comedies, right? Mm-hmm, uh, yeah, contemporary romance, <clears throat> and it's it's kind of um, you bring in a lot of uh, Michigan history into your books, and I was I really am addicted. I think I've read pretty much all of your books, oh and I know awesome. you. Ha- oh, thank you. Yes, I love your st- so. But today, you know, our history kind of started there, and they really got me interested in. You Like, who are you? Tell, tell us a little bit about your
1: story and how you got started as an author, because it's a hard job. It is a hard job. It's actually a little bit harder than it might appear to be. But the surprising thing is it's not necessarily the writing of the book that is hard. It's all of the stuff that goes with it. So uh, my background uh, was actually in medical education. Uh, I did that for many, many years. And then when I got married and had my first daughter, I uh, started thinking, uh, always in the back of my mind, I'd always said, you know, I want to write a book someday. I had all of these stories in my mind and I would start them, but I'd get about four chapters in and I'd set it aside. Um, And then after my daughter was born and I was a stay at home mom, I kept telling people, okay, I'm working on my book, I'm working on my book, but I would let other parts of life interfere. You know, we, we bought a new house or we got a new puppy or something. And so I was always kind of keeping this idea of being a writer on the back burner. So when my youngest daughter started first grade, I decided, okay, I've been telling people for, you know, 15 years that I've been working on this book. So this is the year I'm either going to finish a manuscript this year and do something with it, or I have to just give up on that dream and stop telling people that I'm writing a book. And so that September, I sat down, and I had always worked on uh, historical fiction and historical romance in the past, and I had an idea for a contemporary romance, um, a very lighthearted beach read kind of story. And so that year, I thought, all right, well, I'm just going to do this practice book with this contemporary story. And I signed up for a writer's conference that was scheduled for the following May because that gave me a real deadline. It gave me a time frame. Mm-hmm. So I thought, all right, I have to be done by May. And so I worked on it very, very hard that year um, and did manage to get a finished manuscript. And I did go to that writer's conference. And um, so that was sort of the, the launch of this career. So you had uh,
0: from September to May to do that writing.
1: Right. So, and, okay. And it's sort of misleading to say that I wrote it from September to May because I I drafted it from September to May and I thought I had a really solid story. But after entering it in some contests and talking with other writers and showing it to agents and things, I learned so much in those first couple of years because I realized I had made a lot of, you know, rookie mistakes. And so I thought I had a solid manuscript. Um... And I learned so much from showing it to people and getting advice. Um, And so I probably spent another 12 months rewriting it and submitting it to agents and things. So to say that it took me nine months to write that first book is probably misleading because in reality, it was probably a solid two years of drafting and editing and revising and resubmitting and things like that.
0: Did you, were you disheartened or were they, you were like, wow, this took me a lot longer. Or were you happy with your progress? Tell me a little bit about, um, you know, cause I think like you said, everyone wants to write a book. Everyone thinks I'm just going to sit down and start writing. You right. know, so, Were, were you, like, you like, you said, you had your draft, but then when you finally realized it was two years, you're like, wow, I wasted time. Or you just,
1: like you said, you learned so much. So you were okay with it. Um, I was definitely okay with it. I did not feel like I wasted time. Um, I will say that there were multiple times during that two-year process where I was consumed with self-doubt. And I thought I, I suspected that I was wasting my time because I really, you know, I didn't know at that point if the book was ever going to get picked up by a publisher, if it was ever going to be read by, uh, by people. Um, and so there was a lot of doubt in there. And so... When I would get feedback, I I did learn how to take the constructive criticism and use it to become a, a better, stronger writer, um, and to kind of find my own writing style. Um, but there were certainly times where I was like, "This is just too much work, and um, nothing's going to come from it." And right. so you really do have to kind of push through that self doubt. Um, and I have a one uh, I have a writer friend who says. Uh, Self delusion is so much more productive than self doubt. (laughs) (laughs) So I would just kind of tell that to myself, you know, maybe I am delusional. Maybe it's ridiculous to think that I'm going to finish this manuscript and that anyone is ever going to read it or enjoy it. Um, And I I think, you know, they say ignorance is bliss. I think if I had known at the beginning how hard those first couple years were going to be, I might have not stuck with it, but there were enough minor victories along the way that kept me moving forward. Um, One of the things I did is I entered that book into a lot of different writing contests. And um, one of the first ones I entered, I actually won. And um, so they sent me a certificate saying, you know, you came in first place. And I remember I framed it and I hung it up in my laundry room because my <laughs> laundry room is where I spent so much time and I'd be, you know, in there just doing laundry and bored out of my mind, but I would look at that framed certificate and go, you know, if nothing else comes from this, I won that that single contest and, you know, fortunately that was just the beginning of of multiple contest placements and things like that, but um, I won that pretty early on and then it was probably a good year before I won anything again.
0: How so, old were your kids at this time?
1: Uh, so... They must have been, they would have been in second grade, second and fourth grade, I think. But they were young. I mean, there's still a lot of requirements at that time. So regardless
0: of, you know, like you say, you took a lot longer than you thought Mm -hmm. to do this, but you kept at it. And, um, you know, just being a mom and managing a household is a lot of work. And then in those age ranges, you know, there's a lot of requirements at school. So, I mean... I'm sure every moment you had kind of went to this this endeavor of like I I really want to do well at this.
1: Yeah, and and it was a big conflict. Um, I I remember one time in particular. So Tracy Brogan is my writing name, it's my pen name, and I remember my older daughter coming into my room, my office one evening and. I had been working on the computer for a couple of hours and she really wanted some attention. And I really was trying to get some revisions done. And so I shooed her away and she burst into tears and she said, you know what? I think that Tracy Brogan is mean and she doesn't have any kids. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think that I was so devoted to getting the book done in that time frame that there were times that I probably should have turned off the computer and gone and, and hung out with my kids. But um, I know that they're really proud of me. And I also can remember other days where they would get off the school bus and rather than saying, you know, how was your day? They would go, Mom, what, what, what's your word count today? Because they oh. knew if I had met my word count, that, you know, that we'd have time in the evening and that I'd be in a good mood. And they also knew that if I didn't meet my daily word count, that, you know, that we were going to have waffles for dinner and they were going you know, <laughs> to be on their own. So, That's it, so it's so interesting. It's a what a is-
0: balance. Yeah. What a dynamic it created in their life growing up. Yeah. Do you guys still have conversations like that? Like, are they concerned about your word count or are they more like, Oh, that's, that's mom working and we get it.
1: Uh, We talk about it all the time. And I don't know if it's because they're actually interested (laughs) or if they're just humoring me or if I just bring it up, but um, I was just actually on deadline and uh, with them being home, during the the COVID business and then being home, they really saw me on the computer a lot, um, and they knew how hard I was pushing to get the book done on time. And um, my older daughter is great at helping me helping me with plot points. And so whenever I would get really frustrated or stuck, this and this is over the last ten years, I would talk to my older daughter, and she would always give me this great insight, like, "Well, you know, why would this character do that?" or what if what if he said this or something like that? And it, she gave me a lot of light bulb moments where I was like, oh, that's perfect. That's a great idea. And then my young daughter that's great. doesn't necessarily help me with plot points, but she's the one who's actually read all of my books because my oldest daughter, <laughs> she's willing to talk about it, but she hasn't read them. She's a very avid reader, but she likes um, science fiction and fantasy and things like that. And mine are you know, romantic comedies, and that just doesn't, that doesn't grab mm-hmm. her, but my younger daughter loves them. Oh, so. so
0: that's a, so interesting. Yeah, really they were just supportive. set up such a part of who, you, you know, of your books, they are. which um, <laughs> it, it, part of the, one of the questions I really wanted to ask was, is it stressful or carefree? And it, what you're saying is it's really a combo of yeah. both. It's just the balance of exactly. it all. So I know I, when I started looking at your books, um and going, wow, she's really an author. <laughs> I mean, she's really she's good. Um the book that came up most was Crazy Little okay. Things. And the crazy thing about this book is if you go to Amazon, you have 8,971 ratings as of today. I'm sure there's more <laughs> uh coming, but it and it's like a five, it's like a four and uh, like three quarter star. So this book is well loved and well liked. I mean, I can't imagine all the people I don't know about you, but I get a book, I read it, I pass it on. Actually, I passed your books on to my mom. And she's like, when's the next one? coming?" (laughs) So, you know, so you've got to know this count is even higher than that of people who haven't, you know, giving ratings. How does that make you feel? And is this one of your first books? It's part of a bell harbor Mm -hmm. right the bell harbor kind of series Mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit about this book and the success and why you think it went so crazy so the
1: unbelievable thing about that book is that was my debut novel um it's the first book i had that got published it's the first book i ever finished writing so when i say i sat down and at the computer when my daughter started first grade that's the book that i was writing and um i don't think i could write that same book now because part of what makes that book fun and fresh is the fact that I I broke some of the traditional rules of how you're supposed to structure a story. And I only broke those rules because I didn't know what they were. (laughs) And so, (laughs) um, you know, when I was writing that book, I just I took a lot of um, funny family stories and memories and and crazy things that had happened in my own life. And then I just amplified and exaggerated everything um and i remember when that book was going to be published um i i had an agent by that point cuz that book is the book that got me an agent it got me a publishing deal Um, It really has been the foundation of my whole career, and I will sometimes refer to that as my practice book because I just really was trying to see if I could finish a manuscript. So the fact that it continues to sell really well, it came out in 2012, it still sells really well. Um, Overall, it sold about a million and a half copies. And I remember saying to a friend who had asked, why did you decide to use a pen name instead of your, your legal name? And I said, "Well, I have this book coming out, and if it tanks, I don't want to be embarrassed." (laughs) And I said, "My goal was to sell six thousand copies because I thought, okay, six thousand—that's a pretty respectable number. That's more. That exceeds the number of relatives I have. So it means that strangers would actually be buying it and reading it. So the fact that it, you know, is still out there, um, is very surreal to me, and um, it." It continues, for me, a lot of writers have what we call imposter syndrome. I'm sure that happens in every industry. But it's mm-hmm. it's it's hard to feel confident as a writer a lot of times because you are constantly, your work is constantly being critiqued by other people. And so you have to develop a pretty tough skin. But it's really easy, especially in those early years, to feel like, oh, I'm just a fraud. You know, this, this book mm-hmm. sold well because there just wasn't much out there that day or something like that. And so the fact that it's still doing well after being on the market for eight years or however many years, what I can't do the math. <laughs> it came out in two thousand. Yeah. It's eight, it's eight
0: years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a 20, it's a round number. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: Um, it's yes. eight. <laughs> so, you know, the fact that it's still out there and people are still buying it is just, it's such a blessing and very unbelievable to me. Um, that's yeah. Great. I mean, the, the book legitimately changed my life. It really did. So that's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, it is.
0: Well, that you just said, I'm going to do this. And like you said, you're, you know, kind of like, oh, just dabbling in the sides to really get into it to, you know, this change that changed everything, right? It really so, did. I
1: mean, you... the, the book launched my entire writing career and it um, it had a huge impact on my family financially. Um, and yeah, so I'm super grateful for that book. And, and the funny thing is, it's like, it took me a while to believe that it was actually a good book because okay. even though it was selling well, I kept saying, well, it's only selling well because people are nice <laughs> or because it's got good marketing or it's got a great cover. And, you know, the fact that it continues to sell now, I'm like, well, God, maybe it is a good book. <laughs> you know, it's very it's really hard for me to be objective about that, but. Oh, I think it's a great book. It really was good, and it's
0: and I think it goes a lot to what you said. I mean, you you in you woven parts of your family, and you know, as I get to know you more, you wove woven a lot of your personality. Mm-hmm. You know, just light light hearted humor, but at the same point, um, you know, I the one thing I love about it is there's a lot of romance, yeah, in there, right? Yeah. And so it's different than some of the romance I've read before, where, um it seems very obvious. Yeah. You know, I actually feel that when I'm reading what you're reading, it's, it's really true to life. It's like, it's not always, yeah, sometimes things are really obvious, but it's not always obvious that you're going to, whether you fall in love with somebody, or are out of love with somebody. It's not like you never predict it, right. you know, at the point, sometimes you can. And that's why the books, you know, that you read that are very pre- predictable. Like, you know, you can kind of like, go through them quite fast. Mm-hmm. Cause like, yeah, I've read this story before right. where I thought you were, yours was a little bit different. I was waiting for, um, I didn't want to miss a funny moment yeah. <laughs> or a unpre- like, this is good. So great kudos to you for not following the rules. And I'm sure, like you said, if you had to go back and redo it, you'd do it differently, but that just shows a lot about, um, you know, not only your personality, just about what others should be thinking about. Right. Like how, how should I, you know, you should definitely, I think there's so many things in life you need to go with the flow with, like, this is how everyone does it, but be okay. If you're not a hundred percent, I think a lot of people get caught up on, I'm supposed to do this, this, and this, right. and, this. and you're like, I, I think I just want to be a writer. Like that's really carefree of mm-hmm. you. And I think that's really interesting for, um, people listening to the podcast to be able to say, yeah, I'm not sure what I want to do, but I should maybe just try, yes. you know, there's not a um, risk, there's a big risk reward here and and you could fail, but if you failed, you would have learned a lot. Right. So yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and what a shame it is when people have a a dream job, but they never do anything about trying to make it happen. And I mean, I was, I was not young when I, when I wrote that first book, I was in my, the later half of my thirties which, I mean, technically, I guess I can say now that's still young. But, you know, I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> 22 years old, you know, trying to figure out my first career. And I, I was I was closing in on 40 and I thought this is a crazy time to try and start a new career. Um, but it it was worth taking that risk because otherwise I didn't want to I didn't want another five, 10 years to go by and me have all of these stories in my head And not ever commit them to paper. And so, uh, you know, I guess my advice to anybody is if you are thinking about trying something new, please do it because, you know, time is going to pass whether you do it or not. And so take that opportunity and just give it a try.
0: That's such great advice. Such great advice. Like you said, you get caught up on the should and should nots, mm-hmm. right? So yeah,
1: and and that imposter syndrome. Like I, there's mm-hmm. so many people that have said to me, "Oh, I could never ever write a book," um, and I mean, it's not it's not an easy task. It is very time consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you love the idea of writing, then you know you you have to come to terms with the fact that the first first drafts are going to be probably pretty awful i mean the first drafts of even my books now are bad um but that's what revision is for and editing is for um you know so it's it's worth it if you if you are passionate about something it's worth exploring it and don't feel like don't feel that you're being silly or don't worry that you're not going to do it the right way because definitely being a writer there's no one right way to do it
0: Well, and I, well, you know, you, we've talked, I've been writing a book for Mm -hmm. a year. (laughs) So I I get you. I mean, there's no right way. It's like, I feel like I've changed it around five times. And to your encouragement, I have loosened up on the fact, because I think that it is one thing, like you tell everyone, I'm going to write this book. And then all of a sudden, you're a year later, someone's like, where's that book? How'd it go? You're like, I'm still working Uh on it you know (laughs) it just and but to your encouragement which I've always appreciated like just keep doing it you know just keep doing it and it will it will work its way out and you know um I think that's great great advice so tell us a little bit I know you have a new book out it's called A New Normal is that correct uh The New Normal yeah The New Normal which is a really unfortunate
1: Uh title right now
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know I think you had it like all in the hopper I did I did I
1: actually contacted my publisher right before the book came out to see if we could change it and it was just too late um Um, yeah so anyway I'm sorry I interrupted you what's it what's the
0: no what tell no just tell me about that I mean that's interesting so you had this a new normal all written up and ready to go um and then you I guess my question would be how did you feel about that like when you said they couldn't change it were you like oh geez this is not gonna work with the way i thought it it would or and how has it been selling for you just i'm just curious because i think um whether that's a good success story or it's not such a great success story it's good to know that like things like that happen in like careers and life right like you just can't predict a pandemic so you really can't So, yeah. So tell me, like, how did that, how, first of all, I know you have that, you're on a deadline as well. How is that a, uh, the new normal coming along for you? Is it is it so, going well? So
1: with the new normal, um, I deviated a little bit in that all of my stories are lighthearted, romantic comedy type stories. Um, beach reads, um, there's a lot of family dynamics in all of my books. There's a lot of, uh, aspects of living in Michigan in my books. Um, and so this one is a little bit different. It's it's definitely still lighthearted. It's probably not as laugh-out-loud funny as, you know, Crazy Little Thing. Because Crazy Little Thing is is a little bit slapstick. You know, the humor is, is very broad. Um, this one is more of a slow-burn romance. Um, it's about uh, a newly divorced woman who uh, has a single dad move in next door. And how they kind of... Um, circle each other for a while, trying to figure out if they're going to be, you know, neighbors or friends or something more. And they ultimately end up uh, in a relationship and it's not necessarily, uh, it doesn't necessarily lead to a, a big, huge wedding with the white dress and all of that, but they are definitely in a committed relationship and they create their new normal. And it really is a book about the individual growth between both characters between the hero and the heroine, um, and how they kind of, um, figure out how to create a new happiness kind of in the, in the ashes of their previous marriages having fallen apart. Um, and so, and I, I got divorced about three years ago, so there was definitely some aspects of that in there. Um, I live in a very, very social neighborhood that has theme parties for stuff all the time. And so that managed to <laughs> weave its way into the story. All of my friends know that if they tell me a story, it's probably, I'm probably going to pirate it and put it into a book.
0: Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll be sure. I'll be aware right, of that now. That's right. <laughs> um, and so so that's how so that was my question. How do you develop your character? So it sounds like the newer normal was through some of your own experiences, things you've seen, Mm -hmm. you know, how do you come up with these ideas? Um, and then like, can you tell us anything about your next big book?
1: So, you know, how, the way I develop characters is I, I, I think writers by nature are observers. Um, a lot of us are very risk averse in our own lives, but we love to watch other people taking risks and, and, (laughs) um, you know, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm a people watcher. And so, um, and
0: the best sport ever, by yes, the way, is people watching, <laughs> it really is.
1: and, and I remember I was probably, oh gosh, this was only uh, five or six years ago when I was talking to a neighbor and she was complaining about being stuck in traffic. And I was like, well, you know, just, you know, that's just when you get to make up stories in your head. And she was like, what are you talking about? And it was <laughs> at that point that I realized that not everybody does that but I've done that my whole life. Anytime I was the least little bit bored, I would just start imagining stories. And Mm. um, I guess I just thought everybody did that. (laughs) And, you know, so as far as how I develop characters, I definitely will take aspects of people that i know but i am routinely asked by friends and neighbors oh is that character so you know is that so and so or is that you know is that supposed to be aunt margaret or is that your you know your friend marianne you know and things like that um and I, i can honestly say no there's no character in any of my books that is specifically one person from my real life but there are definitely personality traits and quirks that are are from people I know or even from characters on TV or characters in movies or something like that and so I just take all those little pieces and and kind of meld them together and the other thing is when you start writing the story you might just have sort of a general idea of what your character is like but as you write more and more scenes you get a clearer picture of of who that character is Uh, it's it's great if you can have a really solid grasp before you start writing but a lot of times in the process of writing you learn more things about your characters and that's and that's why when you get to the end of the book then you go back to the beginning and you do all the revisions to smooth out all that stuff you know like if if you're four chapters in and you realize that he should be uh uh veterinarian instead of a rodeo guy or something you know then you go back and change that and but you might not have known that at first and so there's a lot of discovery that that happens during the process um and and also with writers like some writers uh, we we have this term we call them um plotters or pancers. And pancers are people who write by the seat of their pants where they'll just, they'll take these two characters, they'll sit down at their computer and they'll just start writing a scene and they don't know where the book is going. And they just keep writing until they get to the end. I am actually a plotter, a meticulous plotter. And so I figure out every single detail before I actually commit anything to paper. Um, And so I will have post-it notes about all these different character traits and I'll have post-it notes that say, um, I'll have the, the 10 or 15 different scenes that have to happen and I might change the order of those and things like that. So I yeah. tend to obsess over the details before I even start writing. I don't necessarily think that that's the best way to do it because <laughs> I think it makes me a little nuts sometimes. Um, but it's, it's just the process that has worked for me. And so, well, that's so that,
0: interesting started, though. Yeah. And it's I mean, it's just interesting how everyone's different, probably with their personalities. Mm -hmm. Like if you were to look at your personality, you're probably more of a planner than a, would you say a (laughs) pantser? Hey, pantser. Pantser. Yeah, I am not
1: a pantser at all. I am a complete plotter in both my life and my books. So um, the next book that I will have coming out, uh, I believe the title is going to be My Kind of Perfect. And it's the third book in my Trillion Bay series, which is actually set on a fictional version of Mackinac Island. And um this book honestly was really, really fun to write. And I don't know if it's because I was writing it during, you know, the pandemic where it was just such a relief to get to mentally visit Mackinac Island. Um but it's the this whole series is about the three Callahan sisters who were born and grew up on Mackinac Island. And each book is about a different sister, and so this third book is about the third and youngest sister. Um, and I wasn't 100% certain how things were going to go for her when I sat down for this book, and I, I took a lot of chances with the things that happened. And I can honestly say, when I was writing the, every every story has to have sort of what we call a dark moment, or you know that moment. It's that moment when you think that it looks like everything is cruising along great and then kabam, something bad happens and it, you know, tears the characters apart or it stops the hero from achieving the goal or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was I was working on that scene and it kind of went off in a direction that I wasn't expecting. And my heroine ended up saying a lot of things that I wasn't expecting her to say. And so it was really fun because I haven't been surprised by a character in the, in the last two books and so seeing her all of a sudden um, kind of she got a little bossy at the end she'd been a really good sport through the whole book and I got to the end and I was kind of frustrated by that and I was like you know what she really needs to sort of um, sit up straight here and, and establish her boundaries and so that was really fun to be surprised by that and I think that is something that readers or, or non-writers don't necessarily think about they think that we they think that we're in charge of the characters but we're really not
0: (laughs) well like you said they kind of craft them themselves right Right, and then you're surprised because I have read the first two so I know who you're talking about Mm -hmm. and I think I do so I'm really excited to to read it and see how it goes this is Lily's story okay okay yeah exciting well I'm excited when's that gonna come out that new
1: book um I think it will come out in early, uh, 2021. So I'm hoping it'll come out by March. It might not come out until April, but, um, probably April 2021. Wow. That's amazing yeah. that you're
0: finishing it now and it takes, you know, that long to do. And I think that's the thing that people want too in life is they want to see instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it does take a lot of patience, um, for us all to be able to say, you know, for me to make a career really successful or to make life really successful. I mean, you, you have to just be patient with it. And it's, it's hard to do in these days. And I think just because everyone, um, you know, we're all, you know, to your book, the new normal, like we're all trying to figure out this new normal right. that's going on. And, and, or maybe it's, I always like to call it a better normal. What mm-hmm. is that really like yes. for, for everyone? Mm-hmm. But um, that, I think that comes along with, um, you know just what you're talking about like you're always you're developing these characters as you're going along but you know that's life I mean that's really like you're, you're always at the end of the day going wow I'm really surprised where it ended up and I think you know where I I like to like look at people and what they're doing for example as you as an, as an author like I hear your story and from beginning to like where you're at now I'm sure you feel a world of difference and <laughs> you know, as I mean, like, like you're a different person, right? And, and so <laughs> I look at people that are out there that we that we talk to all the time that are coming in, um, whether it's an urban you or just people are mentoring, and you know, they want things done right away, like, yeah. ah, how come I'm not changing right away? And it's like, well, it takes a lot of time. So give yourself um, some kind of grace and space to grow and figure these things out. Um, and I'm sure you, f- I find that with my children. I'm sure you find it with yours as well. Well, I have a question for you. What would you be doing if you weren't an author? Like what would be totally like next career for you? Or if you didn't choose to say, Hey mom, watch the kids
1: so I can go, go, right. What would you be like, what would you be doing? Um, I want to, I want to go back just one minute, uh, to kind of add something onto the point that you had just made about people being impatient. Um, One of the, one of the things that I do is I, I think about like, I talk about uh, being in the center of a map and like, if you're in a location, you, you can't necessarily see the whole picture, but if you get some distance from where you are, it's like the picture becomes clear. And so, you know, every day you're, you're in the middle of a map and so you might not see what's ahead of you. But if you can just kind of give yourself that perspective and some distance and time, you can look back and see the journey that you've taken. And I think, I think that it is difficult to have that patience and to, to feel like you don't have a set path forward. And um, I think that it's important to, to learn to just roll with things, and especially because of what's going on in our world right now. Um, nothing is certain, and we don't know what anything is going to look like gosh, even two weeks from now. And so Mm -hmm. I'm just very much trying to be like, okay, I'm in the center of the map. I can't see where I'm going, but I'm sure there's a destination out there somewhere. Um,
0: Right. And if not get your car and drive, because
1: you'll obviously find a story
0: or something. It's so funny that you said that and just step back one more. You're like, Oh, I'm in the car. I think about, you know, stories. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, it's my favorite place to think Mm -hmm. is the car. And to your point, I don't think stories, but I think, um, connections. I'm mm-hmm. thinking like, how do I pull this together? I, I think people underrate the silence of a car, yes, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> especially the parent of, of kids. Yeah. I'm like, yes, yes it's quiet. <laughs> Get all of our thinking done in there. Right. Well, so the, what would you be doing then if you weren't an author and a wonderful mom?
1: So, uh, thank you for the wonderful mom comment. <laughs> Hopefully my kids <laughs> would back you up on that. Um, so the funny thing is, I dabbled with another career right before I started writing, and that was to be a professional organizer. And so the character in the first book, Crazy Little Thing, she becomes a professional organizer. <laughs> and so I think that I that happened because I was like, well, this is something I just tried. And so I think if I wasn't an author, um, I would I would love to be a professional organizer. I, I love to go into people's closets and organize their closets their and their Tupperware and all of that. Um, and I don't know why I think it gives me some sort of false sense of control and when things are tidy. Um, and so, you know, that's something that I've been dabbling with because I'm, I have a little bit of time here before uh, my next book is due. And uh, you know, I, I have and because both of my daughters just left for college I am doing a room a day and so I'm just going through and just reorganizing everything and it just makes me very happy and I don't know why. Doesn't it feel great? It does. It feels so good when you're done. Um, And I have one daughter who is, uh, who is very similar to that. And then I have another daughter who's a complete slob. And so um, (laughs) I started with her room. (laughs) I cleaned her room first. Um, But I I would love to be a professional organizer. I'm actually kind of thinking about maybe rejoining the, the regular workforce um just because both of my kids have left for college and i'm a single mom um and i kind of feel like i might need to get out of my house a little bit more you know that's that's one of the things about being a writer and actually i was just talking to another friend who just finished a manuscript this week Um, we were saying it's been particularly difficult the last few months to feel inspired because we're not seeing anyone in person and right. you really can underestimate how rejuvenating it is to go out there and just have lunch with a girlfriend. I have one friend in particular who always, always makes me laugh. And so whenever I'm like struggling with a book or just feeling down, I will go and have lunch with her because I always feel so much better. <laughs> and, you know, that, that kind of like stirs my creative juices a little bit. Um, so I kind, so kind of, Trying to figure out, okay, what would be a, a fun part time job where I could chat with some people and
0: You could be a Meyer greeter, a Walmart, girl, I, no, Walmart that would,
1: Meyer. That would I would certainly meet a lot of people.
0: <laughs> you would meet a lot of people and interesting people too. Oh, very interesting. Um yep. Yeah. Well, that's, that's it. I, I love it. The organizing you can start with my house. So I'll be your first client <laughs> if you decide. All right, all right, okay. I need some help. And the thing is <laughs> but, I do it for free
1: because I really, really love cleaning closets.
0: That's so funny. <laughs> well, I think for me, you can, I, you know, there's a total sidebar, but I always say you can find out a lot about someone by looking at their trash. And not that I go through people's trash, <laughs> but like, you know, like, but you probably can find out a lot about people going through their closet. Oh, right? sure. Like yeah. what type of, like what they like to buy and yep. all that kind of stuff. Well, that's just interesting. Well, I so appreciate you being on. And um, again, just kind of the journey that you've been on has, is inspiring for everyone to hear because Again, in these times, these day, this day specifically, like COVID times, um, I think it's hard for people to say, where's my mojo? Like, mm-hmm. where am I going to go? Right. And I know in my career, I've had those moments many a times. And I know just you sharing right now, you sounds like you've had a few yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what is my next step? And, and that's the weighs on people. And it weighs on um, your confidence. It weighs on how carefree you feel. You know, it just weighs on everything that you're doing in your life. So I I think it's great. One of the things you gave everyone permission in your conversation is to kind of release that Mm -hmm. and say, just go and try it and get lost, you know, get lost on the map. So I I appreciate you sharing that. Um, Well,
1: people, one of the other things too is um, being a recent empty nester. In fact, I've only been an empty nester for about 72 hours um, (laughs) because my daughters just moved out to their, uh, to their dorms. Um, I, I was a little bit nervous to be, you know, living alone again. It's been a really long time since I lived alone. Um, but I kind of reframed it where rather than being sad and missing my girls, I'm so thrilled that they have this opportunity to live on campus and you know, mature and discover what things are important to them and things. And I am trying to look at my own, you know, next five to 10 years and looking at all of this as, you know, this is a brand new freedom where I don't have any pets at home. I have a cat, but he's zero maintenance (laughs) and technically (laughs) my daughter's cat, but um, I'm really trying to embrace the freedom that I have right now where I can go get a part-time job doing anything that you know, that I would want to, or I can stay home and continue, uh, you know, I could try writing books in a different genre, or I can um, try and work my way through my to be read pile, which is, you know, miles high. Um, so rather than
0: you travel the world, yeah, I mean, I once COVID has yeah, gone, or- yeah,
1: <laughs> the plan was to travel, but uh, that, that looks like that's out for a little while. But, um, you know, rather than feeling like, oh, I don't have any huge goals ahead of me I'm focusing on like no I don't necessarily have huge goals that I have defined right now and I think in the next uh two to three months I'm gonna I'm gonna choose some and then I'm gonna work towards that and I'm just gonna kind of enjoy the that flexibility and so that that was that was a bit of a mind shift for me because I was really kind of honestly panicky about both of my kids being gone because I was sure I was going to miss them so much but fortunately they were so so um bratty before they left for <laughs>
0: they showed you right. you're not gonna miss <laughs> them at said, all you,
1: know what? you go ahead and go I'm good I'll be just fine <laughs> no I've I they're, they're I mean. wonderful girls but you know we were all ready for a break after the pandemic shut down so I'm like that's right. This is good for all of us. I'm I'm gonna be forced to grow again, which I really like. I I never I never grow on purpose. It's always just because life forces me to. It's not really something that I seek out. But um, I'm still always grateful once it's over. Well, I can't wait to see your growth. I mean, and
0: by the way, my back deck's always open if you need a, you know, a cocktail and to get out. Awesome. So just that let you know,
1: good. always welcome. Good.
0: Well, how can people get in touch with you, stay in touch, follow Thank you, you um, all that good stuff? What's the best way?
1: So I do have a website. It is TracyBrogan.com. Um, and I also have a personal Facebook page and an author Facebook page. So if you just, you know, do a, do a search for Tracy Brogan, you'll find, all of my contact information on that. And actually, if you go to my website, the links to my Facebook pages, uh, Instagram, which I confess I'm not on nearly as often as I would like to be, um, Snapchat, all of the other social media channels, um, all of the links. are. Do on you there. do Snapchat? Um, not really. I <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I am just not very adept at that stuff and I try to do Snapchat, but... Um,
0: That's what you should do is become a social media sensation. That's your next career yeah. going from author to figuring all the social media stuff out. I,
1: you know, <laughs> I have so many author friends who are really skillful at marketing their books uh, on other platforms and really like I can, I can do Facebook, which I realize even saying that I do Facebook shows what is, you know, how, how old fashioned I am. But, um, as far as like Instagram and Snapchat and things like that, um, I'll go and visit, but like I post maybe once a month <laughs> and I have other friends who are on Instagram all the time. And, uh, so I'm like, I just, I, I need to, I need to learn all of that.
0: Well, that's your new challenge, yep, right?
1: Yep, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you again, and um, we appreciate, again, your time and just giving us some of your knowledge. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. We will um, be back at you next week with, a, an, with an amazing um, a CEO of Living Libations, which is an um, organic skincare company out of Canada, who will be joining us next week on our podcast. Thanks so much, and enjoy your week. We hope you found today's episode helpful and that you know more than you did before. Be sure to check us out on our blogcast where you can find additional content connected to this episode at theurbanu.com. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you choose to hear our most recent updates leave us a review and share it, share it with your girlfriends, share it with your significant other and share it with your grandma. If you have any thoughts on today's episode or topics you'd like us to discuss, send us a DM on Instagram. Thanks for listening.